Hey, hey, y'all. It is Black Girl from Eugene. I am Aisha Elliott, and I am also recording for a radio, local radio station, 97.3 KEPW, and LP, and uh, my underwriter, Sundance. Thank you for your support. Uh, today, I'm feeling all kinds of, you know, um, I feel all kinds of ways today, and I don't think any of it's actually positive, so I'm gonna try to keep it brief because I don't want to be unnecessarily not okay. Um, but yeah, this this week has been a complete shit show, and on so many levels, and uh, I think on personal levels, on societal levels, watching the justice system do what it does uh, has been... Um, such a PTSD moment for me with my own experience with the justice system and as being black folks sitting in the courtroom allowing a white judge and mostly, you know, 11 out of 12 juries be being white, the other being Asian and a cop, you know, a courtroom full of cops and you're there by yourself, you know, being... Um, scrutinized. And with this being a talking about a Rittenhouse uh, um, trial, being that it was all, you know, white folks talking about other white folks that they had killed um, in the name of this American dream, really, you know, this uh, idea of a, a gun toting minor was somehow this glory day of of rights come to to fruition you know it was so disgusting the display was so um in in essence of a god complex that is still not being addressed fully by white folks that within their privilege cannot find themselves in a space to look at each other and say, we have a problem. I mean, look, the, they allowed this fool to pull the jurors' names out of a hat, basically. And I just want everyone to just stop for a moment and realize I mean, I don't know that a majority of us actually don't are not don't find ourselves in court being, you know, um, up against the judge, judge and jury situation. But let me tell you on a personal note, there is a whole damn day of jury picking that happens. Right. And you're allowed to be there. And each side, you know, ask questions to decide whether or not the jury has biases about what the court case might be about. They can't ask direct questions, but they ask questions enough to, to get where the jury's juror is coming from. So just that idea, if knowing that part, to understand that they gave the, they gave the, the choices to this boy and allowed them just to pull the names out the hat so then they could then ask the questions. It, it's so it's such a slap in the face to having uh, to having this this procedure be non-biased and having this placement be open 
so that anyone and everyone can actually that this was not that this was not actually directed in one direction, neutral, if you will. But you have this judge that clearly, clearly is biased, clearly is coddling this boy. And we have to watch this go down while this sorry ass child squeezes his face into what most white men and women find to be the most, the, 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 the saddest thing they've ever seen is a white boy or a white man reduced to tears, right? Two people were murdered. I don't give a shit if it was for self-defense, right? That's beside, that's really, really like a cop out. And people are like writing to me because I posted something stating that, oh, the person he killed was a known pedophile. You should be happy he's dead. Did you know he was a pedophile when he went, when did, did Rittenhouse know he was a pedophile when he went walking in there? I mean, the, the, the length of like trying to find a reason why shooting someone, two people, is, is at all okay when you cross state lines to get, I mean, there's so many illegal, if anyone was, if it was a normal, normal, meaning like anybody but a white boy or a young white girl would be subject to actual law. Right. The crossing of the border, the, the underageness of the whole situation, the, the, the fact that you're carrying an open right, an open military rifle. Like I, I don't understand how we can just skip white folks, not we white folks can just skip past just the simple legalities that were that were just pushed aside and, and wonder, I'm not, I'm not wondering that part. I'm wondering why people are actually looking at the, us and asking why we're upset about the situation. You know, I, it's just to some degree, the, the limit that the part for me is just, I have an experience of being in court, witnessing the judge talk to a jury, right? Because remember, we choose the jurors that we sit on. They choose. Me and my son are the only two black folks in the damn courtroom. And I would dare say the courthouse, right? And there's this one particular juror that she said she could not actually be unbiased because of the police brutality that me and my son had gone through. And she had police officers in her family. So she said, I don't think I could really look at this in an unbiased way. The judge spent three minutes. I want y'all to sit with a clock on play three minutes trying to convince her that she could get past her bias in my court my judge my lawyer you can't interrupt this conversation as a lawyer right when you're doing it as for the juries you you don't you can't even speak you have to write on paper right so we're watching the judge say are you sure are you sure i'm not i'm not kidding at all you all that's what he you sure that if you just just could just put yourself outside your body, just put yourself outside the experience. She says, no, sir. No, my, my husband, my uncles, my, my brothers, they're all cops. I I'm pretty sure I cannot be unbiased. Well, I mean, if it, you, you know, good cops do what good cops do. So you sure that you couldn't, I kid you not. I'm sitting here watching the judge try to convince a jury to be that they could be unbiased as she is insisting that she could not. 
No, she was not chosen for my jury pool. Thank God. But that's what I'm saying. Okay. Now my judge, the judge that was in my case, you know, was supposed to be some sort of, you know, uh, he's, he's known to be racist, which is another thing that we can all talk about when we have someone on trial who is black and the whole world knows that this judge is known and I'm air quoting known to be racist. Why can't there be an automatic recusal? Why can't I say I don't want this judge because I know that judge to be racist? There are reasons why I don't get that choice, right? And we're not talking about that. This whole justice system, like critical race theory would teach you, is based on maintaining power for white people, right? So this was just an absolute shit show of a, of a it actually it was a perfect show of exactly what the critical race theory is talking about and white privilege and male choice in front, on the news, on real, over and over and over and over again. These were white folks that were killed who would have been, who were supporting movement in Black Lives Matter. They were supporting equal rights. They were supporting their, their fellow citizens a fair a fair uh, chance of living a life in actually in the pursuit of happiness. These were young folks who were killed. And if their backgrounds come to play in, the, in afterwards, and that is why people are going to say that it was okay that any of them were, were killed. It's, that's kind of the backwards way of doing the law, the justice system in which we are talking about and how we're trying to say that generally the laws of this country or how the country functions, you can't really pick one way or the other. The truth of it is, is that if you're picking one skin to the other, that's where the difference lies. And that's what critical race theory is all about. But the fact is that we just watched this bullshit happen on, in live time. This young boy, 17 year old, gets to go free like he said he would, free AF on his shirt. He wasn't kidding and none of the people who were around him were either. All of the adults that know and feed this boy every day are so proud of his accomplishments. He took out two people before he even turned 18. They are so proud. Talking about how responsibly he held the knife, held, <laughs> held the knife, held the gun, how he came through. Self-defense is self-defense. He shouldn't have been there in the first place. I, I mean, I am just, besides that, the night, the fact that we had a chance to put away the precedence of having free vigilantes coming through the streets and, and threatening people. That, let, let's stop there. The idea that you, a white man, with all the power in the world, could say that you feel threatened by anything to the point that you can murder someone, we got a problem. We got a problem because you know what? As a black woman, I'm threatened all the time. I'm under, I'm under threat all the time. Do I get to have the right to, while I carry my gun, oh, you can have a gun, right? Yeah. Can I shoot it? Can I kill you and still go home? No, no. This performative bullshit is what I'm talking about. This, this privilege that, that white men have to have order and to have power in places that they have not earned it is what the problem is. I can tell you nine and a half times out of 10 in the consultation work that I do, if I ever get pushback on the, on the recommendations that I make, it is from white men. 
It is from white men telling me that they would rather have me do it a certain way so that they can better digest what I've been paid to do than, than what I'm doing. Now, after they go through my sessions, I always get an apology. However, who, what talk is being given to these white men and boys? And I am saying cisgendered, white men and boys. What talk are, you, are they given to allow them to understand that they do have all the power? Matter of fact, they, they have the power in, in uh, patriarchy. They have the power in misogyny. They have the power in, you know, racism. They have the institutional power. They have, I mean, what, what, other, what else? What else? Somehow this, there's a conversation. Maybe there isn't a conversation. Maybe we give it to them. Maybe it's time that other white folks start, stop allowing Uncle Joe and Grandpa, whoever the hell, to continue what they continue to do when it comes to how they talk to the women in, in their lives, how they talk to other people at the dinner table, how they, how they insist on being first in every damn thing. How about sit down? How about no? How about white folks start telling people, white men in their lives and who they work with to, to have a seat if the world does not revolve around you. And matter of fact, I'm sitting here saying this out loud when it, it was just proven to me that here in this United States, I'm talking to the wall, right? So I'm, I told y'all I'm on one today. I'm feeling very, very frustrated with white men and the justice system today, Okay. The, feel, the sensitivities and the feelings and the, and the, and the need for power and, and without being like, I don't, I don't need, I don't really need power. I, I don't believe in that thing, but I feel uncomfortable. I, I still am going to judge and feel how my self-being really, because that's our natural right, right, is to, be, is to be challenged. And I don't like the way you're challenging me as a white man. So I'm going to just walk away and continue to do my life. Because nothing consequential will happen to me. Whether you say it out loud to yourself or not, look at the evidence. And if you look at everyone looking at you sideways, it might be because you refuse to understand that this is the problem. Another white man is going to help another white man out so that that white man can get away with murder. And we're all just going to be like, I feel bad. I'm not surprised, but I have a feeling I'm disgusted. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because you know what? At the bottom line of it is that when it's uncomfortable, you're going to choose comfort. When it's time for you as a white man to stand up against something that looks like maybe you shouldn't be in power, you're going to choose power. I have yet to see the difference. When there's marches being held, I want to see white men out there marching against other white men. I, I'm sorry. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want to see the same people. Okay? I want to see some awakening. I want to see some, um, someone uncomfortable at the front line saying, you know what? I work with this judge all day long and this person is not cool. This person should not be on any kind of court cases that involve anybody else. I mean, well, it'll cost them their job. It sure will. But it's, it costs those two people their lives. It costs Aubrey their, his life. You know, it costs me three years of, of recovering emotionally from the damage that was done more and more right it cost me the my innocence it cost me my faith in being heard or valued as a human being in this country when it comes to the justice system now we could all say 
well, you kind of silly for even thinking that they would. We know that, right? Black folks know that I would be silly to think that I could walk into a courtroom and be heard. That's what you got to understand. We already know. We know what we're up against. We know what, what, what we can move and what we can't move. What I won't do is stop talking about it. But white folks being disgusted and then telling Johnny, little Johnny that he can be a police officer, be a good one. It, you got to understand how this is not working, right? When your son and your, your son's friend has a racist comment and you go, that's not nice to say. It's not enough. It's not enough. Okay? I'm sorry. It's not enough. White men, you're quietly in the background reaping the benefits. White women, even quieter, right? Because when I say even quieter, white folks want to jump in and be a savior to other people. Talk to each other. Quieter mean white men are being quiet and white women are being quieter with each other. Don't talk to us about this. Talk to each other. Okay? And I don't want to hear, oh, I understand what you're feeling. Oh, I understand how you're doing. Oh, oh. No, I want to hear, this is uncomfortable. I need you to get more uncomfortable because I don't see a change. Right? You want to Karen? Karen, some white folks. Tell them to stop acting like that. You know, you know your friends who are judges. You know your friends who are cops. You know your friends who are out there, engineers, IT tech, computer, computer whizzes, judges. I already said that. I'm mad. You know, I'm just saying y'all know these people. Stop having these nice conversations. You're making my life hard. This makes everybody's life hard. Because, you know, I like folks. I, I'm a multiculturalist. I, 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 it's getting hard for me to justify balancing. You know, every black and brown person, we are here balancing to the best of to our life. We are balancing. We are co-culturally balancing this BS. While white folks are acting like having to hold anything that's heavy is hard. I'm, it's just like, come on, y'all. Come on. You can do this better. You can do this better. You know, maintaining power. Okay, look, I'm going to go real, real, real easy with this, you know, because I want y'all to learn, but I had to get it out. And I want you to look up if you have the time or the gumption, right, to look up and Google why racism is not a mental health condition. As you read it and as you research it, you will see that the reason why more research hadn't been done. Now, there has been research done, but more research hadn't been done. The reason behind it, if you are listening at all, will scream at you. That white men cannot actually legally say that other white men don't deserve to hoard power. <laughs> I'm, of course, paraphrasing. But literally, the, the institution is driven by white men. And you're asking white men to say that what the system has built for them and they benefit from once they play into it, can actually and is actually the, the, narciss the, the pathological need for power and dominance is a mental health issue. 
But they can't diagnose it that way because they literally will be diagnosing themselves and who in this, in this power play structurally would be outside of it. Just research it. Just research it. And then tell me what you think. Please come back to me and tell me when you see the reason why over and over again in research why they will not actually come to the conclusion that racism in the way that's being practiced and what we, what we are witnessing as we speak is not pathological, is not a mental illness. You'll see that we're basically have us running in circles. You can't you, you running in circles. We can't have the person who created the play be the be the bad guy. He can't it can't be the same person. Right? They can't actually have that issue. We would there would be something else that we would be able to to there has to be somebody else. There has to be an issue. They cannot have the issue. And the truth of it is is that they do. White men have a serious issue to contend with. And it's layered. It's not just hoarding power. It's not just the patriarchal idea of, of men being in charge, right? It's white culture. It's not necessarily just white supremacy. It's the whole idea. It's white supremacy culture. It's the whole idea. It's what we believe to be true. It's what we believe to be right. And somehow, you know, somehow there's people of color who would support it. And that's the problem too. You know, this is, this is layered. It is deep. And I don't know how to get out of it. Honestly, like it's painful for me to think about because it feels so underdeveloped. It feels so like low vibration. It feels just to the point where you don't know how to uplift, not morality, but like spirituality. Like this is a broken, this is broken spiritually. And so it's very deep and painful to watch. You know, I have white men in my life that I love very much, you know? And so if you can't be honest and sincere with your concerns about belief systems and, and thought processes and consciousness, if you, if you really think that your uncle or your brother or your friend is a good guy, they just dot, dot, dot. You're living in the same kind of mental dissonance that those juries that let this fool get off not guilty. Casual racists, people who don't, it doesn't directly affect them. They would never hurt somebody. But they sure as hell would let somebody else get off doing it. Because otherwise, what would that mean if they were the only ones that stood up there and said it wasn't the right thing to do? What would they do? Where would they be? You know, I just, I just am mad, I guess. And I, I, just, the, I just, you know, I think that y'all can do better. I'm convinced, you know. I'm not the type of person to think that white folks don't have the capability of understanding the system in which they benefit from. 
I don't believe that. I believe you can. I believe white folks do have the power. I believe white folks do have the, the capability. I do, on the other hand, believe that privilege is complicated for people who have it, especially when you can't imagine what it must be like to live without it. Because what you're doing is watching us be oppressed by it and thinking that if I didn't have privilege, I'd be oppressed by privilege. Not that the idea that, pow that power dynamic doesn't have to be there at all in, in order to exist. That's the difference. You're watching being like, damn, I don't want to be like them. The only reason that black and brown folks are struggling, if at all, is because it's the oppression of white supremacist culture. It's the... That is it. That is it. You know? So it's not like the power dynamic cannot be, can, has to exist. I don't know. Maybe I'm out here in the clovers. But I'm not going to stay on here long. I do appreciate the comments that I've received. Thank you, Lisa. Um, and thank you so much, Macy. And of course, um, everyone else who is here and commenting and watching, I appreciate you. Please, if you have any questions or anything you would like to talk about, um, give send me a message, DM me. I am always here to um, have more conversations about this. Um, and also, whew, take a deep breath, y'all. There's a lot more to come. I do not think that we are out of, <laughs> out of the appalling atrocity that we have to keep watching. I want to encourage you, if you are privileged, to have conversations about sharing and letting go of control. What it means to you when you hear it, when you feel it. How do you see it? What is it? What do you really reflect on what it must be like based on what you see black and brown people going through? Or can you just even imagine? You may not. These are tough questions. This is not easy. But I implore you to try to go a little deeper. Try to go a little deeper. Because the black and brown people you are seeing, if you are seeing any at all, are carrying all of this while balancing everything else. You see what's happening. That idea of maintaining power, I mean, it costs people their lives. Like, people are actually dead for this cognitive dissonance, for this idea, for this facade, so that you can maintain a sense of integrity? Does that go together? I mean, because if it goes together, you know that's not quite right, right? And if you don't see that that's not quite right or equitable or even that you could pass that on to somebody black or brown that you don't know and say, yeah, you got it too. In your body, if there's excuses coming out, but what if, but what if, but what if? I say this all the time in my sessions. That's where your racism lies. We are watching it all of the time. We just watched it. Everybody in their right mind know that boy walked in and broke at least four laws before he shot anybody. Before he shot anyone, he was breaking laws. And then none of that count. And for what? 
He wasn't rich. He didn't even have to have money. He didn't buy, he didn't buy that lawyer. He, what, he, he ain't educated. The boy ain't even graduated high school yet. What, what? He, he's not pulling strings for nobody. What was that? What power did he use to get off on, on all of the, thing, the, the laws that he broke before he murdered two people? I would like to know. We all do know. But I'm sorry. Our white friends, we got to start help. They, we need some help around here. We need some mental health assessments. Angry, anger is, is costing people their lives. They can't control themselves. We've got justice. We've got you know, judges that are abusing their power. We've got... They're supposed to make, be making the highest non-biased judgment neutral as white men. I don't know if that's possible when the whole world is catered to you in your privilege. Is it, can it be possible that they can hold the highest power and stay neutral? I feel like it might be an oxymoron. I don't believe it's possible. All I know is my own lived experience and why I've had to be in my lived experience watching a judge flex his power in so many ways so that I could walk away without my dignity. Sit there for three days and watch that. Sit there and watch this on TV. Sit there and watch children be blown away by police officers and nothing happens. Over and over again, the last three years, I'm tired. I'm tired. White folks, you're disgusted, but how disgusted are you? Enough to choose to let go of power? Enough to back up off it when it's not for you, even though it'd be easier if you just did it yourself or you had it yourself or you didn't have to try to understand someone else's position? It might sound whatever. I, I don't even know the word it would sound like. It, the, the truth of it is, is that I say it with all kinds of encouragement. Like, get on it. Get on it, right? I mean, for everyone who doesn't, who doesn't want to claim racism and that you hold on to, really, besides racism, the space of cognitive dissonance so that life just feels better, I'd like to take a moment to tell you that life is just real out here for black and brown people. <laughs> we just out here real. Having to go to work tomorrow, having to go to work tonight, you know, in predominantly white spaces where white tears are what allowed him to get off. For other reasons, of course, but we have to balance. We have to be able to maintain that and how this feels as you go home. It's about time we share some of that heat, some of that heavy. Share a little bit of that. Pick it up. You'd have to put down something in order to pick that up. But that, my friend, is reality. That has no cognitive dissonance in it. It's painful and it's every day. And I'm tired. However, you know, this is my space to be able to say how I feel. And hopefully someone out there can either learn from it or shares the same feeling. We do our work. I choose to help open eyes and, and share a narrative. That's the work I do. In the work that you do, what are you doing 
to further the dissonance or to actually close it down. Come on. What are we doing? In every aspect of this world, there is anti-blackness behind it. Just ask questions. Just ask to do something differently. Just have a little courage to be a little more uncomfortable, a little bit more in touch, grounded in reality. Because if your reality doesn't have this level of uncomfortability in it, it's because you are able to choose that it doesn't. That's it. The United States is on fire right now. Meaning it's been, it's been smoldering for a long, 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 long time. But this is what I'm saying. We can do, we, it's on TV. It's being televised. <laughs> Let's not forget 2020. 2021 is like, what you going to do? 2022, it's about to get real about what you did. So good luck. Wish me luck. We all need a little patience. We all need a little love. So I am going to give a virtual hug to everyone watching. Hug, hug, hug. Everyone listening. Hug, hug, hug. Um, and let's go. Let's go. You won't be the only one standing. Trust me. You won't be the only one standing in the middle of your bravery and courage. We're out, we're out here. We're out here. All right. That is Black Girl from Eugene. I'm keeping it short and sweet. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Please check out, please check out um, my podcast on all uh, platforms. It's out there. Check out my Instagram. I'm there, Black Girl from Eugene. And if you are in need of consultation, check me out. I will absolutely be happy to work with you in all kinds of different ways. I have uh, to let y'all go on this week of the, oh my gosh, the week of Thanksgiving, and I'm air quoting Thanksgiving. We call it the day of mourning, and I won't be here next Sunday, but I'll be here the Sunday after next. So uh, if you choose to celebrate the day of mourning, um, I hope you're able to give thanks for what has survived and give thanks for the fact that we are here and we are able. I see you. I hope that you see me. And I want you to believe wholeheartedly that this can change for the better. All right. It's been Black Girl from Eugene. Peace out.